have been following what's happening, but the thing is, is that I, t- I left Twitter for Lent. So it's been, so following what's happening with Twitter, but not being on Twitter is sort of fascinating because I'm like, oh gosh, I had forgotten that anybody uses this service. Right. Um, well, you can and- treat it like a business <laughs> and not like some sort of like cradle of democracy. Right. Because the, the funny thing is, is, if you are not on Twitter at all, you still get news almost as fast or as fast as you would get it by being on Twitter all day. And you don't actually experience a lot of bad things. So your view of people is so much more positive. That's an interesting thing. But are you are you seeing the tweets in news stories or you feel like you're still getting the distillation of them? No, but if the tweets are, say, about Ukraine, I feel like I get all the actually useful information right. I would get on Twitter by reading like a very good news story in the Wall Street Journal or the Times. Huh. I don't think I'm missing out on no. some, but on people competing over who has been an Eastern European expert for the least long, giving the least informed opinion about what to do about a no-fly zone. We're, we're here with uh, Dead Cat, by the way. I'm happy to start the episode with Katie sure. just saying she's not even on Twitter at the moment because I was going to start it in a sort of related but opposite uh, direction. Yeah, it's a sort of a hang out and talk about Elon episode. This is Eric and Tom and Katie are here. You're just listening to Katie tell us uh, she's given up Twitter for Lent. Right. I, I've been doing the opposite and have been obsessively tweeting nonstop. And the, the <laughs> big and straight gluttony, the right. big announcement that I have in sort of, I don't know, mythos of the show, Mark Andreessen unblocked me on Twitter, the, like within the last day or two. So uh, the inspiration for the name of the show is, uh, has freed me from my long held band. What do you think did it for him? Can we get, he's like- been, he's flirting with the idea of like, I think for Easter, sort of forgiving his block list, you know, all at once. But right now, the last I saw from him was that he was just sort of, he, he'd pulled his followers and most of them, like 60, 40 said no forgiveness. But I don't mm. know if I came out before that or if he did. I I, I have no idea, but I just. I all- wonder, do you think he is observing? Do you think he observes like? something akin to Lent, some sort of like practice (laughs) around spirituality or like wanting to take 40 days to clear the decks to get deeper. Well, the funny thing is I just, I just shit on him like yesterday. So I was like, you're not making it easy for him. Right. I know. I I, I literally, but that's the test. That's the test that Christ puts upon his, (laughs) his greatest disciples is to deal with. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> On the Elon thing, I'd said, you know, to me, it feels like moderate Democrat position is, you know, actually these things are very complicated. You know, moderation is complicated. Yeah. And the Elon P. Marka Sachs view is it's not complicated. And then I, I retweeted it. And I said... To put a finer point on this, Andreessen sits on Facebook's board. He knows on some level that moderation is extremely complicated. To just boil it down to good versus bad frame feels so insincere. To what end? So he can have more fun on Twitter than if he decided to be serious. Mm. So I guess that actually does go straight to the question of what is Twitter for? So if it's really just for fun and fun can be, there's benevolent and malevolent fun. There's all sorts of fun. Then having it be this sort of free-for-all of cancellation and toxicity, but also like interesting restaurant recommendations. I mean, I can see why that would kind of be fine if that's what your view of what Twitter's for. But for people who might want it used as something else or this sort of weird ideal of a town, town square right. that never made sense to me, that would that would be problematic. I, I think that's a great frame because I, I do think part of the conflict on Twitter is like, yeah, I want to have this earnest, like we're going to solve, you know, we're going to figure this thing out in sort of this public discussion. But I do think there's a lot of like real politics sort of use of Twitter where it's like, actually, you get much more engagement if you're funny and people enjoy it and you construct things in, as an us versus them posture. So if you're really smart, instead of being earnest, you operate on some sort of, you know, you, you play a game, you're fun, you make memes. But don't we, we, we all just sort of like vacillate between the different experiences of Twitter at different times, right? I mean, like no one uses it just for one reason and can exclude it to the others. Like sometimes you're there because you feel like it's a good news source. Sometimes you want to hate people 
and see what they say in like a medium that makes it very easy to hate them. And sometimes you just want to express your own opinions. So it's funny that like, you know, even he can't really decide as to what the experience is and like what the actual mode, which is why, I mean, if we're going to, are we going to get to Elon? You yeah. Wanna, yeah. You, you want to set that up. I feel like we really came in orthogonally. Right. Well, <laughs> oh my gosh. You've been on Twitter a lot. If you're throwing around orthogonally for no yeah. reason. <laughs> well, you know, I think like the teachers, a good journalist, we, we started off with the news, which was that Andreessen unblocked Eric. And then, you know, we can get Ooh, to the I wonder if he unblocked me, but I can't. I can't look and see if you unblocked me for another two days. Okay, that's fine. I can wait. I it's can funny wait. that you're doing something for Lent when we were all just talking about the Passover things that we were going to. I don't. I feel like we're <sighs> dual. Listen, I'm. I love all the meals. <laughs> so let's you know let our audience in as we frequently do on the show a little behind the scenes we do not record the show live and post it uh we do it a couple <laughs> days before it comes out so this is being recorded on passover saturday i think it's april 16th and in the last two weeks there has been quite a uh flurry of stories uh about power user elon musk who has decided to uh, launch a what now is undeniably a hostile bid to acquire twitter um, using money that he, I don't know, maybe we'll find in his Easter egg hunt tomorrow. It's not really clear where that cash is coming from. Mm-hmm. And so that has then, uh, of course, launched a counter measure by Twitter's board to institute a poison pill. Uh, I don't know what the verb would be, like the uh, or adjective, like the, a poison pill ploy, a poison pill strategy, a poison pill. Maybe strategy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to uh, basically dilute their own shares in order to stop uh, Elon from buying more shares on the public markets. And now we've got, you know, the banks are involved. I read the other day that like Twitter has taken on Goldman as one of their, or Goldman and JP Morgan's their advisor. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. Elon has Morgan Morgan Stanley. Stanley. Elon has Morgan Stanley. Okay, okay. Okay. I knew Morgan Stanley was in the mix. And then we've got reporting now that Elon's trying to talk to Silver Lake, who's worked with him in the past to see if well, they would come on on the. Isn't Silver Lake still a huge investor in Twitter? I think that would be a right. I think conflict. They're on the board. Yeah, they're and the they board. still own like a huge amount of right. stock. Yeah. Do you think Elon didn't know that? No. Uh, when- well, <laughs> <laughs> since Maybe. it's clear it's not all been thought through. <laughs> all right. Did you guys? Did you watch the TED interview? I think that's no. sort of a starting. No, I, I watched nope. it um, because you know this is what. It, so wow. that I could tweet more. <laughs> I mean, Elon, you know, clearly doesn't have the money secured. He doesn't really have... Con- he, he wasn't like, I'm certainly going to be able to do this. It was like, oh, yeah. I don't know. It was more middle lane. He acknowledged in the interview the possibility of a plan B, you know, which sounded like AK launch another product or something, you know, which oh, that that'll have work. talked about. Yeah, Plan B uh, is a I mean, Twitter, Twitter can is. barely keep people on the platform. Well, no, not. Yeah. No, I mean, you know, launch a competitor to Twitter or something. Oh, but that's acquire, what I mean. Like, right. yeah, the the desire for a Twitter product is so not there that even a product like Twitter is having a hard time keeping people. But anyway, right? Parlor, Truth Social, not uh, beacons of successful social media companies at the moment. And I, I think, like to me, the central point, and we've already sort of touched on this, is just. Where's the money coming from? Like if you're if you're buying a company, you need to have the money. And the pitch he gave it was not like, oh, we're really going to turn Twitter around and it's going to be a great business. It's like no censorship, open up the algorithm, his sort of minor product changes. You know, he doesn't even love advertising. It's core business. So I, I don't know how if you're a financially minded investor, you decide to come alongside him. Right. Well, also, I mean, just that premise, open it up. Let a million great tweets blossom. <laughs> I think that the problem with that as a as a, a board member is just the amount of of litigation. I mean, like what what kind of money are you setting aside for the lawsuits and for you know the extraordinarily bad press? I, I, so I the lawsuits I, of having no moderation at all. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Like the weird harms that come out of it. You know, the active shooter situation, say on a crowded subway where somebody has been using Twitter. To, you know, it's just like, you just start thinking to yourself, like, maybe there was a reason why these companies put in place moderation and change their algorithms that weren't simply in order to serve the common good, but had some benefit, probably financial or legal to the company. 
I, I saw there were a lot of people tweeting about that Elon had not fully thought through any aspect of this. See, this is why I'm not missing anything by not being on Twitter. Continue. Right. It's all playing. I mean, basically, he's live tweeting his way into an acquisition. Right. That, that's, a, that's as much as he's thought it out. But the idea that it could be a free for all, of course, like, you know, Twitter is barely hanging on as it is in terms of it being like a reasonable place to spend your time. Like it's it's mm-hmm. a it's a shit show of false news and um, you know, borderline. Well, there actually is just straight up porn on there, but you know what I mean? Like, like graphic content. Yeah. And people just screaming at one another. Right. Right. And so for you to pull all of that back, God knows like what hell it would look like, uh, at like the pure <laughs> undiluted Twitter. And I don't think he really does either. Right. And, and I'm sure if you were to spend five minutes on it, that, you know, that version of Twitter, even he would probably say like, yeah, this is, this is not good. This can't be like the free speech idea. Like when his voice was shouted down. Right. Well, yeah, that's when it really becomes a problem. Well, so I, I feel like there are, to structure this a little bit, like there are two sort of buckets, right? There's the sort of financial tactics of Elon taking over Twitter. And then there's like Elon's vision for the reforms, right? I mean. Yeah, I mean, like, I think the more I'm curious about what you guys think of is what does, like, let's put aside how will he get the money? Will he get... Because he could, could drum up the money in 24 hours, right? And this will all be obsolete. He does have the money. I mean, he, he it's not liquid, right. but yeah. Right. So it's like, I think I would love to know what you guys... What does Twitter look like after Elon takes it over? Like, what does that world look like? Mass resignation of employees. That was the first thing I <laughs> yes, thought. Yes, absolutely. Right? Absolutely. It's like, there's no way it could be a public stock at that point because its value would be just torpedoed by the yeah. talent of out, you know, outflow of talent. Uh, of people not wanting to work at that company. Now, I'm not saying they're not replaceable, but it would be an immediate walkout. I would guess, what, 50, 60%? Well, I guess of, they'd make up the for the employee loss by merging with True Social. Right. While, <laughs> right. while all this was ha- happening uh, on Twitter, Keith Raboy, uh, who knows sort of Elon world, tweeted that you know at SpaceX, Elon had seen a line of interns while waiting for coffee and Elon told them if they didn't get to work, he would fire them all. And, you know, Keith was holding this up as sort of like a beacon of what Elon uh, could bring to Twitter, you know, no more interns uh, getting caffeinated. And, I guess and, I, that's probably true. Right, right. And, and I, you know, first things I, first, Elon. Let's fire the interns for waiting for coffee. We touched on during the TV show uh, episode, just like, you know, no reporters are cheering for hard work. And Keith was definitely getting tons of scolds on Twitter who are like, this, who, this is terrible. You're like telling on yourself basically. But, but yeah, I mean, there is, you know, so Elon's going to crack down on people if, if he takes over. And I don't think you have a rocket ship company level mission to convince people <laughs> that this is worth, <laughs> worth your time. And your skills are probably much more transferable if you're working at Twitter to other tech companies. And yeah, a lot of these people do believe in moderation and don't want to be responsible for just like amplifying Donald Trump again or whatever it would be. I mean, so in addition to employees fleeing shareholders, if he takes the company private, they, they, they will, the stock will plummet in value ahead of that. Don't you well, think? Well, it, it will be private. Bef- I'm saying before that it does, he can't take it private overnight. So right. once it's clear that he's going to do it, I mean, how many, what is it, Vanguard? I mean, at what point they just dump it, right? But oh, sorry. or do they not? Or are they I, locked in because the pri- they right? have to they're they have they have to if they're locked in. I think it's just a tender offer for their shares, right? Yeah. If he's seriously gonna do it, shouldn't the price just rise? The price would rise to whatever he's promised. No, you're right. You're right. The price would well, yes, he'd lock in the price. And then it would it, this you're right. Vanguard would have to say. Yes, because to be responsible to their shareholders, they'd have to be like, we are taking this $52 a share or whatever. 5420. 54.20. And yeah. so even if the stock, even if people started fleeing the stock today, it only makes his offer look right. better at the end right. of the day, ironically. So everyone's like basically <laughs> well, that's the handcuffed thing. to Elon Musk right now. Right. They cannot get away from Elon Musk. Even just to think of it as an an investment for Elon or whatever it would be, seems like a bad move. Like there's no way that the value of this thing is going to increase while under Elon's stewardship, at least in the short term, right? I mean, he's like, doesn't seem particularly interested in the ad business, which is probably the only good business aspect of Twitter, right? It's the only thing that's really functioned over the last couple of years is like they can sell ads. 
And so if that's going to go away, which it probably would be damaged by it being a toxic company or at least a controversial company. So advertisers would not want to spend a huge amount of their money there. You know, it would probably be like a 10 year project to remake right. Twitter. And who's he actually going to appoint as CEO? Is he going to do it? I mean, Tesla's stock would obviously tank. How many companies can this guy run? Right. And how, yeah, to Tom's point, how would it make money if he destroys the advertising business by driving advertisers off of it? He was talking about subscription being a more robust model for them. And oh, yeah, I would, I would of- love it if that were the model because then I would certainly just delete my account. That would right. be great. There'd be no reason to be on anymore. I thought he tweeted this or something. You know, everybody can be verified if they pay something, or, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. Shit. No, well, that. Okay, so that gets the journalists. I mean, that is, right. that's that money. Well, is it though? Because I think that especially if it's a subscription-based model, the idea of being on it to, to take the temperature of a certain type of person, it goes away because those mm-hmm. people aren't going to pay money. I mean, like, but- why would you need to be on it? But you could charge people based on the emoji that they want to have in their name to provide uh, claim that they're experts, you know? So it's like when COVID was the biggest, well, that was just putting MD or PhD in your, in your Twitter handle. So that, right. let's say that's a freebie. And but even then, Ukraine, if, it's some, if it's something you can buy though, then mm-hmm. there's no verification for expertise. So even the symbol has no meaning. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a skin. Um, but yeah. So if you want to have the Ukrainian flag in your handle, that'll cost you like a monthly subscription cost you know, whatever the next thing is. Well, yeah, Twitter. So if you want to put like the, the the red bird in your handle, that also costs money. And then, you know, that again, if you're monetizing your core user base, you're sort of going through like the the um, the Discord model. I think that's an option. <laughs> and the, the only issue though, is that Twitter is not a particularly like sticky platform. Most no. people love fighting. And so you're saying in your business meeting, we're going to make our core revenue stream people who love fighting so much that they will buy emojis mm-hmm. okay just making sure but then the, then if you want to watch it you also have to pay it's like a pay-per-view thing i feel like on the highest level the contradiction of twitter is that it's super powerful with elites who love it and use it obsessively and that's sort of its world shaping power but a lot of the things those people want would be terrible for like getting a broad user base that makes it appealing to everyone. And it feels like a lot of what Elon wants are like improvements that the hardcore sort of Twitter set uses. My question to you guys, are you not kind of rooting for Elon a little bit in this process? And I feel Uh, like if you're not rooting for him, you're kind of a chump. I'm rooting for him in that it feels like I just want the sort of simplistic view of content moderation to come crumbling down. I just do think it'd be more fun. Elon is responsible for this Twitter problem. Let it be on sort of the right to show that they can actually run some like cultural project successfully. And then we can have little liberal parlors, our own version of like silly, like ancillary social networks where, but like, but I feel like David Sachs was literally like, if the game is fair, Elon Elon will buy Twitter. If the game is rigged, there will be some reason why he won't be able to. We're about to find out how deep the corruption goes. Like this coming from like free marketer people who are supposed to, and, and people who put in all sorts of founder protections for their you know CEOs to make sure that other companies don't come in and just take them over. Like it, it's just on its face, just like also, bullshit. David but also, it, it, it like, does it does not leave open the option that if. Elon doesn't buy it. It's just because he woke up one morning and was like, fuck it, right. I don't want to. And Elon, right. an hour ago, re- replied to this tweet, indeed. You know, but it's just like, they, they just think we're idiots. You know, it's like, there, there's a very high chance that you, definitely my presumption, first of all, I need to get on the record, is that this is, Elon doesn't intend to do this. This is a man who's threatened a private, a take private before that never happened. Someone who oh, what expressed, was that? when he said he was going to- Tesla. Tesla was going to go private. He's like, I have to find it to remember. I didn't remember. Yes. So, so Tesla, and then he got, and he literally in his Ted talk all over the place, he's like, I have no respect for the sec. So it's a man who is happy to try and push the limit of sec rules to drive them and fucking crazy. So this is a fun game there. He could have a successful pump and dump. Like he's raising the Twitter share price. I mean, there's so many reasons. It's like a fun thing. The guy wants PR. If he intends to launch another social network, this is great. PR for that. And if he gets to walk away and say the game's rigged because people don't understand that you can 
offer a premium to a company's share price. And that doesn't mean that the board concludes this the best financial value. Like that's standard M&A, you know, like. It's, it's like, hard though, because I don't think there's another rival. Usually boards can get, they can wiggle out of that formula by saying, oh, well, we went with the other great buyer. <laughs> but usually well, the price is the 52 week high or something. I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. And this is not like the, the, on this sort of traditional M&A analysis, I don't think that this is like a clear cut, like that's a good price. It's it's above the price. Yeah, but, but the 52 not. week high is referencing a comp- kind of illogical point in the markets where all tech stocks were surging and like all of them were at these absurd levels given their business growth. I mean- Right, he to- could probably make a strong argument saying that Twitter will never see that high again. Yeah, right. I think it's totally logical. Well, Aaron Levy at Box, who's prolific on Twitter, said, come on, man. Most people could put together a business strategy that supports more than $54 a share for Twitter. And David Sachs said, if it's so obvious, why didn't anyone make a bid before? I mean, I think I agree with Sachs on that. But also to pause, Eric, I would love it if you obsessively read Twitter and then compiled all of the very best tweets as you've done for us now and sent Tom and I a small dossier at the end of each day (laughs) (laughs) to let us know. I know. I, yeah. Well, some of the newsletters do aggregate tweets. Maybe I should. My problem in life or in, in the game of content creation is that once I've consumed something, I assume everyone has seen it. And I'm like, that's obvious. So what's interesting about it? You know what I mean? Uh, I need to accept that I am consuming an insane level of Twitter uh, relative to <laughs> even you guys, let alone my own readers who are probably interested. There are three different tiers here. I mean, there's obviously you at the top and then me and then Katie is, you know, in the midst of her Lent uh, uh, Also, yeah, because I like I've my tweets have auto deleted every couple of weeks for I think six years now or something, a really long time. But because I gave up Twitter for Lent, I've run through the amount of tweets that exist. They're all deleted. so. I think that they all finally disappeared on the day that the New York Times said that reporters didn't have to be on Twitter. Oh my God, yes. And I got like so many emails from people that were like, did you delete your right, right. Twitter my account? Mom, you know, my mom literally asked you what happened to your Twitter. And that, then I had to ask you, I was like, my mom's like, like did, did Katie delete her Twitter? Like, did me and Dean Paquet force you off the platform you love? And it's like, no, I felt that Twitter was interfering with my relationship with God. And I had to let it go. <laughs> Uh, well, anyway, mean, uh, it's yeah. very funny. Another thing I think Elon could work on. Your core question was, do we want this to happen? And I'm, mm. I'm sincere. I know it can sound tongue in cheek that I want, but it's like, I actually, I do think Twitter is sort of, it's not clear whether it's good for me or bad for me net. Like if they made it worse, then maybe I'd be free of it. So I'm, it's something I'm happy to see sort of blown up. So I'm willing to risk it. And I would sort of enjoy putting the burden of like, I mean, the whole, my whole frustration with sort of the Silicon Valley Republican crew is like, they don't have to govern, you know, for a very pragmatic group of people, it feels like they don't have a governing vision for the world. It's just like they're anti anything the Democrats do without supporting a party that has a governing vision. And similarly on this, it's like, oh, they they hate moderation, but anybody, I mean, there was a great thread from the former Reddit CEO, uh, Ishan, that basically made the argument that anybody who has to moderate a social media company eventually, for totally nonpartisan reasons, comes to conclude that you need to moderate things just because it because the lack of moderation starts destroying the platform that people get so obsessed with something or that even if something's, you know, this is absolutely it, like, yeah. like pe- when companies like Facebook and Reddit move to introduce some sort of moderation it really wasn't because they were trying to just help people and make their experience great for some sort of benign reason. They're like, we we have to for for money reasons. Right. It's a business. Like <laughs> no one really wants to go tell their CMO like, oh, we are we just bought $100,000 worth of banner ads at the neo-Nazi uh, watering hole. Right. But the conservatives <laughs> would say that is sort of this is our way of backing in the liberal, like oppressive regime. Basically, we create this anger that puts the pressure on the platforms and then they have to react and we say, oh, well, it's just business. So I, I that is, that's the counter argument to that. I'm not even, you know, like ideological about it. For me, it's just like, first of all, it's the most fun outcome. Like I'm, I'm just rooting for the <laughs> thing that would be the most amusing and entertaining. Is it the be- most fun though, Tom? 
at this point, yeah, like I'm sure we're all, well, I don't know if you're going to get back onto the platform, but yeah, I'm sure it could have huge social or moderate social impacts if it becomes, you know, truly unfiltered and unfettered. But I also just think like it puts front and center the fact that it's been kind of a shitty business uh, or, or a te- like it's not a shitty business. It's been an okay business, but a kind of shitty tech company for the last couple of years. And we're supposed to pretend that like the alternative is it to keep doing what it's been doing. I mean, Twitter has a placeholder CEO right now. He was a you know high level exec at Twitter that when Jack stepped down, um, which by the way Jack claims he did not know this was going to happen when he did that, probably not. Uh, was sort of was sort of put in there. So there's no real strategy. Clearly, like he didn't come in here with like a ten point plan of how to turn this company around. This was all about having someone else you know at the helm of this clearly unpilotable ship. Uh, the ads business continues to like reel off more revenue because they have this one particular avenue uh, that we don't need to get into because it might bore our listeners. But but yes, yeah, they, I, they I have, zoned out. You zoned yeah, they, they have an ads business, <laughs> but the product fucking sucks. Anytime you tell someone who hasn't been on Twitter before, you should check it out, which you would never do. But like, mm. you know, like my mom every so often goes on and realizes that it's the worst, a most unreadable user interface. It's just full of the most unhinged posts that get promoted at the top. It's very well, you need to be on it incessantly to know what they're talking about. I feel like if I check out for a couple of days, you don't even get the jokes anymore. I don't know how you solve mm-hmm. that. But, but it's a product yeah. designed for like, either your brain is like networked to Twitter itself. And you're like, oh, they're, they're, this is sort of a light riff on. So, I mean, to give an example, which I, I think you guys saw, Hunter Walk, who we had on in love, had a tweet where he was complaining I think it was about the Elon thing. He he basically said, instead of buying Twitter, Elon could give every person like a million dollars, right? Like just like an absurd, like the math doesn't work out sort of tweet. There was a joke on Michael Bloomberg. When Michael Bloomberg was running, somebody had made a similar, I think, earnestly dumb tweet about, about that. <laughs> but that Hunter Walk tweet went extremely viral because all the liberals retweeted it sincerely and all the conservatives quote tweeted it saying dunking on it for being a terrible analysis and only like, you know, this small circle of Silicon Valley people who know Hunter and followed this, like understood that this was originally meant to be a joke about right. this format about Michael of thing. Yeah, and it just, right. it speaks to me, the intersection of like building Twitter for the masses. The masses don't have any of the context that like people originally making. They don't the want small- it. It's like, it's really hard to turn a product around 15 years into a company's existence. Twitter is more or less the same thing that it's been. Mm-hmm. Like there might be some trends or, you know, cultural usages that change over time, but by and large, it's the same thing. Uh, can, can you guys explain something to me? Because this debate over whether or not we should be allowed to edit like the typos in our tweets, we can't for some reason. What is the case against letting people edit out their horrific typos? Because then you would say, you know, I love ice cream, and then you get a thousand retweets, and then you're just like, I love child porn. ISIS, yeah, right, yeah, right, and then people would be like, gotcha, and, and then, it's such and an then obvious they would lose a job or something. In the New York Times, and then somebody would edit it, and all of a sudden you have like some offensive image, you know, like that feeds through. And and Elon, so Elon Bad. has been super pro editing tweets. I mean, and, I guess and, I am too, but for a totally different reason, just because like I'm a bad typer and my typos right, are quite well, embarrassing. You could, but then Elon's proposal, he said that, oh, well, I guess it should clear like retweets. And it's like, what's the point? Like, the whole point, <laughs> right, that is just right. deleting a tweet. Like you can right, right now delete right. a tweet, lose all the engagement and like put it back up. It's just like, okay, you want it in a simple motion. I, I I just feel like that's the whole thing people want is to be able to fix a typo without losing all the like good engagement that, you know, it's like, oh, I made a dumb t- typo on a viral tweet. Now I, I want both worlds. Right. But it's just like, even Elon seems to see the problem in editing tweets, even though it's become like a rallying cry of his position, which to me speaks to the broader point that he has just not thought through this at all. And it's, What's infuriating to sort of, I don't know, anybody who, reporters, why reporters go ballistic about Elon is because it feels like Elon gives like the dumbest, like, it's like a jock gloss of something. You know, it's like you have somebody in class who thinks they understand, like, you know, they don't believe in evolution, but they don't like know anything about it. And you're like, uh, you haven't even thought through this. But but he he, he undermines this idea that a lot of people have held onto for a long time that you have to work pretty hard and prepare and study in order to be successful. Right. 
And so I think, yeah, when, when reporters are going ballistic over him, what they're saying is, you're not the kind of person who's supposed to be able to do this. Right. So stop doing it. Exactly. I, rem- I remember another figure not so long ago who ran for president. <laughs> and people were like, we are not supposed to do that because you've never read a book. Right. And yet, right. and yet. Right. <laughs> you don't understand, Kate, Katie, you don't understand that according to David Sachs, the system is rigged against these people. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's very hard for these people to do well, what they want to do. I was going to say, I don't know if the system was rigged against them, but I think normative behavior did prevent a lot of things from happening. That is exactly right. And it's just that we now live in a world where for whatever reason, I do not know. Normative behavior, people do not feel bound by it and people do not feel so bad when society turns on them for defying it. They just don't. Well, that's don't. what tra- Mark Andreessen, that's like, it's anti-normative behavior. Yeah, that is sort of like, oh, all these scolds, you're not doing anything. I mean, that's sort of an express position mm-hmm. at this point. I mean, it's in a very interesting distillation of what's what's going on. Let me defend Elon for a second here. Anyone have any better ideas? Like, I mean, you know that I have always said if if somebody just pulled the plug on Twitter tomorrow, it would not hurt anything. And I know there are going to be all these people who are like, Katie, that's not fair. There have been civil rights activists and there have been, you know, marginalized groups and there have been, you know, there's more disability visibility. And those things are all to some extent true. But that does not mean that the mechanism that allowed those voices to have more public airtime must always continue. Maybe we can now come up with a new way, or maybe now the mainstream media is more tuned to those voices thanks to Twitter. And it's now part of what reporting is. And it served its purpose. And it served its purpose and it it can can go. go. It's like the dodo. Or is it like a panda bear and we keep it alive because we just think it's so cute, but there's really no evolutionary reason why. I think there's diplomatic reasons for that. I I do think like, I mean, on an earlier episode, I talked about like my ideological like uncertainty in a certain way. And I do think there is a degree to which like the Elon thing is fun. Like the people booing Elon are boring. Twitter isn't that great right now. Like this isn't Donald Trump. It's right. not like, oh, Donald Trump being president means that people can't get across the border. You know, it, it doesn't mean like actual terrible real world consequences for people. Like there's a possibility that Elon runs Twitter in a way that I guess like hurts our political world. But for the most part, it feels like sort of like, would you rather vote for chaos and fun and somebody who's willing to like experiment or are you going to, or do you want to vote why I'm for, for him? Or do you want to vote for, him? for the system don't think this- and the system like is like lawyers and shit. Like I do think like an interesting theme to come out of this world is like part of the way, like the liberal power structure, like gets these people in line is that these companies go public and then they have to follow like SEC rule. You know, there are all these there are all these rules constructed by sort of the liberal elite bureaucracy that then makes it so that they can't do or say whatever they I want. I mean, most of most of those rules are like holdovers from like the post depression era. It wasn't like some liberal plot. It was like, how do we ensure that corporations can't <clears throat> lie to investors and make money off of them? And how do we ensure that people remain that their money remain sound. Sure. But people, companies get sued over everything. I mean, but I'm just saying that those laws were not put in place because of Democrats. It was literally a response to the great depression. And I support financial regulation. Yeah. And disclosure. Yeah, no. Then you think strong. Elon is like a huckster. So, right. But, no. but I, 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 do, I am sympathetic to the idea that there is a regime that public companies are basically forced into that requires you. We expect like an adult CEO, right? You can't be this like ridiculous, like just Trumpian CEO because you're basically trapped in a regulatory regime. And that's the conflict over the tweets. Is Elon kind of a, like, like, is there, is there some sort of evolutionary timeline on which we put Elon where there was, um, first there was online trading and then there was kind of like day trading and the manipulation of the electronic infrastructure around markets And then there was the GameStop stuff, right? Where people were able to work in a concerted block to change prices absent any regard for whether or not the company was doing well. Market fundamentals are no longer a thing. And now Elon is kind of like the large investor version of that. We had the small investor version, now we have the large investor version. Yeah, Yeah. I I think I've seen people 
definitely make the connection that this is just like a supersized version of the meme stock phenomenon. I think that analysis kind of undercuts its actual business, which is fine, right? You know, it's not AMC theaters, which is like part of a dwindling and fucked industry. Right, and there is like a bull case for Twitter. But here's the thing on the bull case for Twitter. It just relies on them kind of doing the same thing that they've been doing, right? And the product will bumble along in the way that it has for the last couple of years. It's clearly not going to turn things around because if it was going to turn things around, it would have like a visionary CEO laying out ideas that could fundamentally change the product. This is just sort of like, the, this is why, again, I'm, I'm rooting for Elon, because at least it's an acknowledgement that if you care about this company and think it should matter, then at least try to do something to it. At least like try to institute a, a game plan, even if it's a half, you know, half cocked, you know, off the, uh, you know, running by the, you know, whatever. Like there's at least something, some sort of energy and decision and desire to, I, I think, maybe I'm giving him too much credit, uh, to try to do something with with what is like a very interesting product. I mean, yeah, you have assigned like a lot of really interesting motives to um, <laughs> to this man. <laughs> like, I'm like, wow, if that's what he's thinking, I think that sounds great. There was a lot of criticism on Elon's lack of knowledge of free speech debates, I guess, during the TED Talk. Yeah, right? I'm, but, I'm vehement on that. Sure. I, I'm sure he sounded like a fucking moron during it because he doesn't seem to think about a lot of these things very hard. But all the smart people that have been spending the last five years discussing online speech and moderation, have they come up with any great solutions? Like, are we in a position where things are like well monitored and well measured? I mean, like Facebook spent a lot of money building up its, you know, whatever advisory committees. And you can argue like politically they weren't empowered to do anything. And, you know, Zuck never was going to take him seriously. But, you know, for the companies that invested in it and they got all the smart academics to talk about it and do things, what exactly is their proposal? Nothing really. It's clearly not working out. It feels like Facebook hired more people. Some of it is just like a scaling up the human moderators with the size of your platform issue, which these companies have been investing in. And I mean, you covered Snap more than anyone. They have a totally different philosophy. And and TikTok is a heavy moderation platform. So I, I don't know that I agree with you. We've seen that conversation translate into companies with stricter moderation and there are less problems. Like. I don't know. I can't speak to TikTok because I haven't reported on it. I think people give Snap a lot of credit for it just has a different architecture. It's just a different kind of product. It's not set up for disinformation. And like the hole, like the product hole that Twitter and Facebook fills is not served by Snap. So you can't really say like, oh, why isn't Facebook more like Snap? And what, well, what, what do they serve and why is it important to have? One-to-one messaging, basically. What, Facebook and Twitter serve that? No, Snap. Snap. No, right. Snap okay, so what, what do Facebook and Twitter serve and why is that important to have? Online community, online conversations. Why is important? I'm not saying it is important, but there's a desire for it. Like there's clearly like a human, the, the fact that these things have persisted and in Facebook's case, it become like an insanely valuable company is because it taps into some elements of human nature that people want to communicate in this way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so if you were to shut these products down one day, something would have to fill it up because for whatever reason, we desire to, at least in the, the, the current technological infrastructure, communicate in this way. So I, I don't know. I just That particular one annoys me because it's just not fair to say one company is doing it right, another one's doing it you know, not right when the products are just different. They're fundamentally different. It does seem like TikTok is starting to encroach on time that was spent on companies like Twitter or Instagram. So does that mean that there's another way to serve that need? Or is it just that you think these things are complementary? Well, but the, when you say takeaway time, it's usually, you know, younger people, right? Mm-hmm. And so they seem to be phasing out of those other products for a long time anyway. Mm-hmm. So I don't think there's going to be, you know... Yeah, sure. Maybe the entertainment value that TikTok offers is just fundamentally superior uh, to to Facebook. But for the way that olds use Facebook and I guess Twitter, I don't think TikTok is really serving that. Well, given that young people are phasing out of things like Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and probably were even before TikTok, does that mean then that if those things went away, necessarily something like them would take their place if people who are younger just kind of don't need them or want them? It depends. I mean, we're talking about like a decades long timeline for that, right? So if we want to think in those terms, sure. But everyone, you know, seems to be thinking that like democracy is on the verge of collapsing right now. If we got rid of Twitter? Or if we don't do better moderation on Twitter, right? We can't just sort of- I have sort of a market view. Like if if better moderation doesn't happen and Twitter is just terrible, over time, people will just leave it. Right. And I don't know that democracy will fail because of it. If Twitter became a ghost town, like MySpace- isn't MySpace, doesn't MySpace, hold on, let me see, MySpace. 
So I go to, I go to myspace.com. It's there. Hey, Bikini Kill is uh, doing a 2022 summer shore. Um, Tom that York, about right. surprise, released a new song. So MySpace exists. So if Twitter became like some sort of weird thing, I don't know that democracy would fail if everybody was just like, we hate this. We don't want to use it anymore. Uh, speaking of my, uh, there, there is a great relevant tweet on this that I'm trying to do you think ever, Eric, about like the parts of your brain that are occupied by tweets that you You don't understand the scale of Twitter that I've been on. Well, I was trying to draw attention. I had a good subscriber post this week. I was trying to draw attention to that. But then, of course, like the tweets of mine that were, you know, going viral for me were like shitting on the New York Times or whatever. You know, it's classic. Like When uh, did MySpace become oh, only announcements about right. like mainstream pop stars? Uh, it's uh, for a time Justin Timberlake owned MySpace. Can, can I read this tweet? Oh, sorry, it's funny. Funny. Oh, yeah, it's read, yeah, read, read, read the tweet. All right, yeah. lesbian Mothman says, "I was on Tumblr when Yahoo had to sell it for three million after buying it for one point one billion. We were all a little bit responsible for losing Yahoo a billion dollars." And with that type of collective effort, I believe we here on Twitter can lose Elon Musk even more. <laughs> it's true. It's so true. We all have a part to play. Do you want to be the bearer of toxicity or do you want to be one of the people who just abandons the platform altogether? I think yeah. I know which role I will play. <laughs> well, so, so this is what I wish that the board's statement had been. Instead of adopting the poison pill measure you know, to block Elon, I think they should have said, look, we have a plan here. And that plan is to take this company out with a whimper. <laughs> Slowly return. Wait, are right. they even profitable though? Like, I they feel are. like for that, you need to have at least be producing, like throwing off cash so that people can right. slowly. We like our content moderation policy is that eventually we will have no content to moderate on here. And so if this place just like flames out over the course of like 10, 15 years, we're all going to be the better for it. Yeah. Elon, you can save your money. You're not even going to want it when it's shitty. So let's just have Well, I that think way. that's actually going to happen. It's just a matter of whether or not it happens under. If whether it goes like the Elon route or the non-Elon route. And, and I just say that because I can't think of a public company that just said, what we do now is irrelevant. We're simply going to shut down. I don't think any of them have ever done that, but you've seen automakers go away. You've seen, you know, tech companies. Um, tech companies like, go away all the time. Like, remember the company Compaq? I mean, sure. that was a big computer maker. So they do go away, but it's generally not because the management team puts out a press release saying, this is not really worth doing anymore. So they always have to go out with a whimper. It's just like, do you want it to be an Elon style death of the company? Which actually might be faster, frankly, than like they just limp along like this and people, there's slow attrition over the next decade because people are like, this is too weird. Yeah. Well, I mean, I feel like this then gets to the Web3 conversation, right? Like it's clear that Twitter doesn't have a great Web3 uh, strategy. And since everything is clearly going in that direction, they're going to be obsolete yeah. as far as that happens. Well, if that works out. Uh, Twitter 2021, I just brought up the financials and we have a literate audience. So I, uh, the revenue was... It does like a billion five, a quarter. Five right? billion. No, it's five billion total revenue mm. and net loss of 221 million. And it lost a billion and change in 2020. So yeah, it's a money losing <laughs> I mean, project. well, if you think about how much coffee the interns are drinking, does any of <laughs> right. you take away, does any of that right, offset exactly. the Day loans? Day one. Right. Can I, Plus, I want to pose a question. Can I pose a question? Isn't Elon going to like yeah. charge yeah. rent to homeless people? So that's a revenue stream <laughs> as well. Well, yeah, he proposed, I, he did say, uh, yeah, let's put homeless people in Twitter's headquarters. You know, just. I don't disagree with that. That is as far as he's thought about yeah. it, by the way. Yeah, again, yeah. If this doesn't happen, which is more likely than not, in my opinion, are we idiots for just like getting suckered again? Like, no. or just like the news conversation. I mean, given that he's sort of like the boy who cried wolf, should we have just like not paid attention to this until the board said, okay, we're selling to Elon or I don't, I know that's impossible. There's no central point of control. Yeah, I don't know what that reality looks like. So it's hard to answer yeah, that question. Like we pay attention to all sorts of merger talks, right? I mean, like just the world but most merger talk. I mean, right. Well, there is, we, I've also been critical of, the financial press for loves to report merger talks when the reporter themselves clearly knows that the acquisition is less likely, you know, is, is less than 50%. You know, it's like, Oh, they talked, but does that mean that they're going to get acquired? If you think, no, I, I personally as a reporter would err against reporting, but I know plenty of reporters who are like, well, it's true. There are talks. So we should 
get it is scoop. technically true. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's my least favorite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I won't, I can't go any, I can't go down that road anymore. (laughs) There's one thing that we haven't really examined in terms of Elon's quest, and that is what is plan B, right? Because he said, oh, if this doesn't work, he has a plan B. And I think I know Mm -hmm. what plan B is. And I think it actually will solve a lot of the issues that we've kind of been stumbling over this episode. I think he should try to acquire Pinterest. (laughs) Oh my God, I forgot Pinterest still existed. Yeah. Look, Elon, if you listen, since you're, I know you're kind of into all of the content that's out there, and we're going to tweet out this episode. So you'll read this. If you're looking (laughs) to buy a bumbling tech company that has not managed to have any real product innovation over the last five or so years, clearly Pinterest is out there. Pinterest probably has some of the wokest employees around. So if Elon really wants to see a lot of liberal tears, that is. Oh, is that, is that part of what he wants to do is see liberal tears flow? He hasn't said those words, but I I wouldn't be surprised (laughs) if he's liked to tweet uh, to that. I mean, (laughs) his most ardent followers would like to see that. Okay. Fine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that, that place could be like a bastion of like cultural insensitivity under you. Like they already seem to have problems there at Pinterest. I think it could probably be made a lot worse under your leadership. Like have a board that was just dedicated to like incels. Yeah. Yeah, my, the, my the full incel, the full incel board. Stream board. Mm-hmm. Yeah. First of all, they have a male user problem at Pinterest, so well, maybe you could address uh, that. Elon could solve that overnight. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah exactly. Just get your 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 Twitter follower bros onto Pinterest. Mm-hmm. That would probably double the user base. And I think there's a lot, you know, you wouldn't have the government on your back. They wouldn't care. No mm-hmm. one would care about Pinterest. Isn't Pinterest private? I forgot it still exists. No, it's public. They're it public. Did. Wow, they did that. That's great for them, I think. Mhm. Yeah. But they've not yet been acquired by Microsoft. Microsoft apparently passed on them. Oh, wow. I was joking, but that's hilarious. (laughs) Oh, no. That was a real thing, Katie. Yeah. Yeah. So they've been rejected by, like, you know, the richest, least attractive person uh, at at the dance. They're just kind of stumbling around. I think Elon is there. It'd probably be easier to line up that financing. There's a funny, and you'll see how this relates. There was a funny part in the TED Talk interview with Elon Musk where they weren't talking about this deal. And the guy, it was a strange interview, but the guy was like, you know, Elon, like what, what do you regret most about like your career? Like, what could you change? And Elon's basically like that. We didn't, that I, that me and uh, JD didn't found Tesla ourselves because Elon is basically so full of regret that he has to share credit for Tesla with other people. You know, he just wants mm. to erase like their creation. And the problem with acquiring Twitter is no one's going to forget like Jack Dorsey or what, you know, I mean like but if he acquires Pinterest, you know, he might be able to like test could rewrite erase, history. You could erase those people and be like, "Oh, it wasn't it wasn't the same company." It wasn't before. Ben Silverman. Yeah. No. I mean, that's <laughs> I, I doubt Ben would put up much of a fight right. at this point about that. So, yeah, I think it's I think there's so much more opportunity there. There's so much less resistance. And I think you'd have more fun. Well, Tom, to your point, the market cap is only $14.6 billion. And right. is 34, so. Easier to line up that financing, or at least pretend yeah. that you've lined up that financing. And by the way, it's an image-based platform, very meme-friendly. I know very. you love memes, Elon. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure I want to know what Pepe the Frog is doing for his wedding. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pepe's like apartment <laughs> therapy redesign. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we've solved it, frankly. Mm-hmm. This, I like is a it. Lot, this is a lot more elegant than the Twitter thing. Does anyone right, think this is actually going to happen? Pinterest? Um, Pepe the Frog getting married. No, no, the Twitter acquisition or what? We're spinning forward for one minute. Uh, we, we could do this in five minutes. I think, Elon, uh, this will fizzle out by the end of this coming week. Uh, I think it will probably head towards some sort of an auction phase. And I would bet that by the end of the year, Twitter is probably is probably owned by like private equity or some shit. I think they're going to have to get towards some sort of an option. Yeah, what, Thomas Bravo is looking at it. I, I saw a story. Tomo Bravo. Ugh. That's yeah. embarrassing for my job. Tomo you, do, Bravo. do you want to retake that? Yeah. All the Bravos. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, Mr. and Mrs. Bravo are interested in it right now. Um, yeah, I think there, I mean, I do think it does lay bare the fact that this is kind of a strategically moribund company that there has there's no there's no one really at the helm uh, clearly at this point. Elon will either lose interest or just realize it'll be a lot more work. Well, it's kind of the same thing. And I think it's going to head towards some sort of an auction phase and maybe it'll get acquired by Microsoft or something like that. Uh Disney maybe will uh, Well, Katie, you know. this is your, do you think it overcomes anti like do you think this gives Twitter an excuse to be able to be acquired by a company that otherwise would face antitrust scrutiny? No, no, absolutely no. I mean... It feels so unfair. It's like, oh, yeah, like Google... 
can't acquire it still, even though it's like there's I don't know. But why would Google want it? I mean, that's that's the other thing. Like Twitter is a platform that is losing users. That is not really that interesting unless you're willing to dedicate huge swaths of your brain to be able to understand the weird construction of the conversation. It's the kind of place you go when you want to kind of like hate somebody, but you just need someone to hate and you don't have someone. So Twitter <laughs> tells you who to hate. Like, I'm just right. not really sure why like Disney would want to bring that on as part of its brand. If you want your brain to feel like it's like a slot machine wheel, like after you've yeah. been sort of a dizzy, you know, that... That's I mean, I, you go there for. I guess I'm I'm gonna predict that Elon does acquire the company only because I can't imagine it going to a private equity firm because there's no exit from it and it does not churn enough like steady cash flow to leverage off of it. And it has a PE ratio of almost 50. So I just I I kind of like, why would a why would a private equity firm do that? Maybe I'm totally wrong. Maybe Silver Lake will just take care of the situation because you know, they feel like they have but to. But that bid would be with with Elon. Yeah, I mean, so like, I think Elon... Oh, I didn't know that Silver Lake was was pro-Elon. That's yeah. the reporting. I don't... I'm a little skeptical. I, 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 I just... I'm just going to say Elon takes over the company and uh, it hastens the demise of Twitter as both employees and like normal users <laughs> flee so that people who are the power users who really want to like either on, on one side of the equation, you have people who want to talk about how much they hate liberalism. That's great. They can they can run roughshod over the platform. Trump can come back cool. Then they're going to be the people who are like just constantly trying to cancel other human beings. Like, who can we get fired right. from their job? Let's put the Elon worldview fully to the test. Let's and, do and, it. And then, you know, in three years when Twitter has 10 million of the most horrifying users and that's all they have left on the platform. That's 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 perfect. That's fine. That's right. my long term prediction. <laughs> Grimes is a capitalist now, by the way. Do you see that? Um, really? Yeah, I read so. her Vanity Fair interview. She didn't say anything about that. She tweeted. She had anyway. the secret baby. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Um, this was see fun. you guys all on. Um, uh, yeah. See you guys all on Truth Social. Yeah. yeah well, no. <laughs> actually, I'm just gonna text you guys like we always do. <laughs> that's true. Signal it is. I was never happy with my Twitter username. So right. if I can get in on the next, yeah. you know, newer platform and get at Dotan, which I've always wanted, mm. that would be, I'll take whatever platform. Oh yeah, you got to move me. fast. Oh, yeah. you, when Elon buys Twitter, you can buy from Elon at Dotan. You just need right. to outbid the other. There should out, be a market for everything. Exactly. Ugh. I can't get newcomer for some reason. Yeah. I'm saying just try to angle towards the new platform and get the name that you want. And then that'll be the ultimate irony, right? It's just like, you know, finally Trump gets, you know, gets reelected in 2024 and Twitter is just a shell of itself <laughs> and he's back people. on the platform. And it's just like the same people that run truth social. <laughs> well, I'm excited for the big Twitter truth social murder. Oh, that's true. All right. We'll see you guys there. Goodbye. Silicon Valley. Goodbye, 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 goodbye.